0: Thank you for listening to the weekly message at First Baptist Church in Bushland, Texas. That squashes us seeing God's activity too many times. And it's simply two words number one, busy, and number two, worry. The enemy will get us so busy that when we're racing to different places in our cars, we don't see all that God wants us to see in them. When we get to the store, we get to the restaurant, or we get to work, we're so busy with deadlines and appointments and things we've got to do and things we've got to see and next stop and this stop and checking this off and getting my list done and all this other stuff. We don't see that there's little pieces of heaven that God so desperately needs us to see. And we miss blessings. We, not only are we busy, but we're worried. I wrote this down the other day. Worry is not believing. Worry is not believing God will get it right. And bitterness is believing God got it wrong. Worry is believing God won't get it right. I won't take a show of hands of people that worry too much. But my friends, let me say something to you. Trust God. He's got it. Melissa and I sit in a neat time of our life, in a chapter of our life right now. We've got both our children now registered for college. Courses picked, just waiting on the bill. <laughs> I'm sure it's in the mail. Um, and there's many parents I share that with in this room. But as I stepped back Friday when we were at WT, And I just kind of grinned as I walked around the campus. Kind of just laughing at God, going, you're pretty stinking cool. You're really cool. Because way before I ever thought about WT, God was already connecting my son's life with another man, a professor. And then with a coach. Who've already, before he ever took a class, has got major fingerprints all over his life. What am I supposed to worry about? What is there to worry about? For us as parents, God loves our children so much more than we even do. And he's going to take care of them. Before he ever knew what he was going to do as far as college God divinely, supernaturally, and sovereignly connected Brett's life with a professor's life. And that professor has pretty much adopted him as his son. I mean, wouldn't you say that? And Melissa and I are like, that's cool. I'm all right with that. Single-handedly at New Student Orientation with 250 seniors said, When he gets to go to register his class, he's supposed to pick an advisor. They'll give him one. But here's what I want you to do. They're going to give him an advisor, but I want you to say to him, tell them that I want you personally, and I will come meet you, and we'll pick your classes. So we did. Now, we were the very end of 250 people, but we finally got out of there. But here's the deal, guys. Earth is crammed with heaven and every bush a fire of God. And we can take off our shoes and worship, or we can just sit around selfishly and pick blackberries and not even know what we're looking at. God has got this place. He's got this world. He's got his creation. He's got you. He's got you. In Scripture, you see a lot of different things. The raging sea, the disciples got to see the power of God in God's activity. When Jesus was sleeping on the boat, and they kept waking him up going, Don't you get it? Don't you see? What? See the storm? We're going to die. Jesus slept, woke him up again, then he calmed it. He calmed it. They got to see another in the activity of God when he went to eat with Zacchaeus at his house. When everybody said, what's he doing going into the sinner's house to eat? The activity of God. They saw the activity of God when he bore our sins and he followed through with his commitment to the cross called Calvary for you and me. Before we were ever thought of, he thought of us. We see the activity of God, and we see the incredible amount of love he has for us. We see the power of God when they went to the tomb on the third day, and it was simply empty. Why? Because our God had conquered sin and death and rose as he said he would. The activity of God is all around us. I want you to go to a neat book. We don't spend a lot of time in this book. Habakkuk. But it's fun to say. Go to Habakkuk chapter 1. Habakkuk chapter 1. Look at verse 5. Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. For I am doing something in your days that you will not believe even if you were told. Flip over one page to Habakkuk 3, 2. This is beautiful here. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in all of your deeds, O Lord. Renew them in our day. In our time, make them known in wrath. Remember mercy. Mm. You remember that the deeds of God are the activities of God. And the ways of God is the heart of God. I wonder this morning, as we're three weeks into summer, one day officially by calendar, but as we're in the summer, how many times... Already have you missed the activity of God. Have you seen it? Have you seen all he wants you to see? Are you looking for it? Are your eyes open for it? Oh, I know when you come to church, the preacher's going to preach out of his word and I'm going to hear God. Mm -hmm. When I pray, I'm going to hear God. When I'm in His Word, I'm going to hear God. Yes. A lot of times, all of that is confined to this one building, which I love this building, and I love this location, and I love that we come here, and this is what we do. We do church, and we hear God, and we see God, and all this stuff. But when we walk out of those doors, I'm just telling you right now, you're about to see God like you've never seen Him before. You're going to see him with the cashier at Walmart or United when you're going, I can't believe I got her. Hmm, you did. You're going to see him at a restaurant when you say, Oh Lord, I can't believe I got this waiter. You're going to see him on Coulter when you got to get there and you could have left, but you stayed a little longer and now you're rushed. And all the morons are making you late. Okay? I'm sorry. They're not morons. At that moment, they are. (laughs) They're God's people. But right now, that's not what you're saying. Praise God for that guy and the way he drives. That's not what you're saying. Okay? But what I'm saying is, all of us, your pastor included, is on this big journey of life being set up by God 24-7. That's what I am. I'm just being set up by God. And God is absolutely laughing at my expense all the time. Y'all like, God doesn't laugh at us. Oh, dude, he cracks up at us because we're flat funny. Because he knows what our day is going to bring. We have a chance to start with him, but we chose not to. So we jump out there like we got this one, and we are a train wreck by 10. Train wreck. Nobody answers the phone, won't respond to texts, can't even get my wife turn her phone off, silence. This place falling apart. What's going on around here? And you're just nuts. That's when you got to step back. And you know coffee's not doing a trick, so you got to step back and say, I need something besides coffee. Yeah. You need to open your eyes and understand something. You're just being 24-7 set up by God, and right now you are not passing the test at all. All right? God's activity is a huge way He chooses to speak to us. I want you to go to your scripture. Philippians uh, 1. Philippians chapter 1. And then we're going to go to James. Philippians chapter 1. Look at one six. We love this. Okay, because we love Romans 8:28. All things are working to good for those who love Christ. When everything's going good in your life, you love that scripture, don't you? you are like that? That is a cool. You need to memorize this scripture right here. This is a sweet scripture. Yeah, hang this up on your wall. When things are tough, you're like all working together. You tell me what's all working together now? They're all working together. Ephesians 1:6. We love this one too, but we got to be careful with it. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. If you've never in your life underlined a phrase in the Bible, underline this phrase. Will carry it on to completion. Y'all like, I already don't like this. I know where he's going. Will carry it on to completion. Just keep that right there. All right? Until the day of Christ. Now, because James loves us, go to James. Go to James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work, watch out, so that you may be mature and complete, and complete, not Lacking anything. Being confident of this. He that began a good work in you will continue it on. Will carry it on to completion until Christ Jesus. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete. Complete. You say, well, God, I don't don't understand this. Trust me, there's a lot in my life I don't understand. I don't understand at all, and still don't, why my mom had Alzheimer's at such an early age, forgot who I was, and forgot her grandkids, and is now gone to heaven, when she should be here entertaining them in the summer at a water park. I have no understanding of how you can walk into a church on a Friday morning and find your pastor hung i don't know how you do that i don't understand any of that and at that moment i don't look at him hanging there and go that's just god i didn't do that because many times in life we call good things god and bad things the enemy And I had people all the time saying, dude, you're going to have to resign from that church. That church evil. That's got a heaviness on it. That's got a cloud on it. We chose not to because we wanted to see God do something through it. And boy, did he. And boy, did he. You see, sometimes when bad things happen to us, when the activities of God are not good, we want to say why. I've been trying to train myself to not do that. I've been trying to train myself to simply say, you know, God, I don't understand this, but I trust you. I trust you. And the activities of God sometimes are pleasant, sometimes they are not pleasant. Sometimes we find ourselves in places that we don't want to be stuck in lines, we don't want to be stuck in. We don't see it all. We don't understand it all. Things have happened in our life. We would never in a thousand years wish that on us but we find ourselves there. Sometimes by our choices and sometimes by choices of others, but we find ourselves there. May I remind you to not say why. Because I don't know this side of heaven, we always get our whys. But I think we have to ask ourselves two very, very important questions. God, where I find myself right now What are you trying to teach me about myself? And God, where I find myself right now, what are you trying to teach me about you? We don't usually ask that question. We don't. But can I tell you that we should? The activities of God are all around us. This summer, the beauty of summer is that we have no schedule, we can go on vacation, and we can do things we normally couldn't do. And you're going to be all over the place. Some of you on a cruise, some of you overseas, some of you at a ranger game, some of you at the lake, some of you just got back from College World Series. You're going to find yourself everywhere. It's the beauty of summer. And the last thing on your mind on that trip is... What? The activities of God. Can I just tell you this? When you board that plane and you sit down, the people on that plane around you, even the crying child right behind you that you prayed beyond heaven would not sit there. Those are all there for God, by God. Nothing happens to you that hasn't been filtered through the hand of the king, and he trusts you with it. We have a lady sitting in our audience today, Who just got back from Houston, went there with a screen full of cancer, and sits in our worship center today with a clean, white screen with no cancer in her body. All right? Am I telling the truth? Amen. Let me say something to you. Keep your eyes open. It's called spiritual discernment. If you don't have it, I want you to look at James. It says, If you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives graciously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So if all those times you said, God, I don't even get what you're trying to do, and I don't like it. I will continue to work in you until completion. I have begun a good work in you, and I will continue it into completion. All of this, persevere because in that I am completing it. God is more concerned with your character than your happiness. You got to hear that, America Church. God is more concerned about your character than about your happiness. God is about building up character in you, not handing out happy meals. You got to understand that, okay? But sometimes to build character, there must be fire. Don't jump out of there. Don't pray bad things away. Because sometimes bad things come from God for a reason. As Joseph. Ask Joseph. What his brothers meant for harm. Mm, Lord, God rose up a nation. My friends, spiritual discernment. If you've never asked before in your whole entire life, God, when I walk out of this church today, I pray you open my eyes and give me spiritual discernment. I want to see what you're doing. Because I know Habakkuk says that you're doing a work in my days. And even if I was told I'd be amazed, I'd be astonished. But God, I want to stand in awe of what I see. We just sing about it. I want to be amazed at what you do. Can I just tell you something? Honest truth. We sing it today. But Tuesday at lunch at about 1.15, I got in my Jeep in Logan's restaurant in the parking lot, and I said, God, I am amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. And for that sweet single mom doing her best, I pray today that she can sing that too. God, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. Now I had a bill, and that bill's gone. How my dad was eat up, and now it's all gone. And I pray her little girl that's walking in her steps while she does her best can be one day a girl that stands and says, God, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. You know what an incredible thought that hit me when I was in that Jeep was? I'm thankful that babysitter was late, because that girl, about a year and a half before that, could have chose to abort that baby and never would have had to worry about a babysitter. Thank the Lord she gave that little girl a chance to one day say, "God, I'm amazed by you. I'm amazed by you. Folks, here's what I want you to do for me this summer, as you go all over the world on vacation. Some of y'all are like, "We're going all over the world." <laughs> Maybe not the world, okay, but all over the state, okay, on vacation. I want you to have a big old pair of God's eyes on. And I want you to watch his activity. And I want you to say, God, show me more about who I am and more about who you are. Show it to me. As we enter a time of invitation, invitation is simply Our response to the invitation of God. For some of us, that may be coming to the altar for prayer. Praying with some of these couples that will be standing up here. For some of us, it might be responding to God's voice saying, This is your church home. I know that. This is where your family, this is where our family is supposed to hook up. This is where we need to be. This is our home church. Maybe for some of you to say, I don't know anything about the activities of God because I've never met God. I've never met him. And today you can. You see, we simply do just a couple things at church. We preach the word, we worship, and we pray. That's simple, New Testament, Acts 2 church. And we stand in awe of what God does. So this morning, it's our chance as a church, myself included, to respond to what God has said to us. Maybe you do that where you are. And maybe you need to come and do that. But you be obedient. And you will be blessed. For on the other side of obedience, my friend, is always blessing. So bless yourself today. about being obedient to God. And responding to His invitation to you. Pray with me. Father, this morning...